You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today's message is Proof of Desire by Bishop Herbert Bailey. Look at Exodus 4 and 10. I've been talking more. I've given you all scripture. I'm not like to give you a lot of scripture. Exodus 4 and 10. God calls Moses. Raises Moses up, telling him, you're going to be the deliverer. Go tell Pharaoh to tell my people. Tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. Exodus 4, 10, 11. And Moses said unto the Lord, when the Lord told him to go tell Pharaoh, he said, Moses said, oh, oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord, 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 Lord. That's where that come from. Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent. I mean, I'm not articulate. Neither heretofore. I wasn't, I wasn't articulate before now. Nor since you spoke with that I serve it. And ever since I seen that I'm sorry, y'all, I'm cutting up today. Y'all remember the movie Deliver Us from Evil? Deliver Us from Evil? And she had one little brother stuttering and he couldn't even cuss her out. He said, that's what Moses was saying. Moses said, ever since I saw that burning bush, you really messed me up now. Neither heretofore since thou hast spoken to their servants. He said, I'm slow of speech. I'm of a slow tongue. And the Lord said to him, stop making excuses. Who? God said to Moses, stop making excuses. Who hath made man's mouth? Who has made the dumb? Who or the deaf? or the seeing, or the blind, have not I the Lord. Now, I want you to understand, God is not saying, I make people dumb, I make people deaf, I make people blind, and I make people have sight. That's not what he's saying there. He's saying, everybody, regardless of your physical condition, I created you. Regardless of your circumstances, I created you. Regardless of your poverty, I created you. Regardless of the fact that you live in the project, come out the project, I created you. Regardless of whether you come from the urban area or from a small country town, I created you. Regardless of whether you live in a high-rise apartment or whether you live in a, a, mobile, a, a mobile home in a trailer park, I created you. God's saying, regardless of your circumstance, I'm your maker. I'm your creator. Stop making excuses regarding your circumstance and your limitations. I am your God. I'm the God of all earth. I'm the God of all flesh. I'm the God of the universe. I'm, I'm, I'm omnipotent. God says, stop making excuses, Moses. So many of us, God's telling you to pursue, but you may, ah, I don't have this, but, 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 God says, stop making excuses. He says, pursue, take the first step. Pursue is taking one step. It's putting one step in front of the other step. You don't need to take the second and third step until you take the first step. You don't need finishing grace until you get started. I know without any doubt, y'all, regardless of the price of this, Building project, $15 million. God started this thing. Huh. He started in me before I came to Columbia, South Carolina. And and for some reason, y'all, I made a statement when I was preaching at Kenneth Copeland's word explosion here in Columbia. I made a statement that I've often said. 
but I saw it started going that one statement I made viral. Maybe people had heard it before. I said, God never starts what he hasn't already finished. God never starts it. And which is what the scripture means when it says, he that's begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it and bring it to a flourishing conclusion. God never starts when he has not. So whatever God told you to start, he already knows how he's going to finish. God knows where the $15 million is coming from. God, not, not just to get it built, but to get it paid off. I see the end. I see the end. And I'm going to live to see it. You're going to live to see it happen. Come on now. But it's going to take pursuit. Now, suppose I say right now, well, uh, uh, we didn't know we were going to do this here. I, I, I still got to get with our bank and give them these final numbers. Okay. Because of what the bank say. This is God's issue. God's project. To stop making excuses. And can I tell you this? Sometimes we make excuses because we don't want to use our faith. We want to walk by sight and not by faith. We, we, want, we want to do what we can see. We want to do what comes easy. And we know God can do it, but we don't feel like believing him like that. Come on, come on, come on. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me know if I'm telling the truth. Because some of us, we know what God can do. We know what our faith can produce. But we don't, we don't feel like going through that. I used to say it this way. I already got enough on my faith plate. I got, I got all this. I got greens on my faith plate. I got chicken on my faith plate. I got, I got steak on my faith plate. I got mashed potatoes on. Come on, y'all. I, I, I got too many stuff. I got, I, I gotta, I gotta deal with what I already got on my faith plate. And sometimes we, I know God can do it. I know there's nothing too hard for God, but I don't feel like believing Him like that. I don't want to sow it. I don't want to have to sow a seed for that. I don't want to have to pray about that. I don't want to have to fast for that. We we were because because y'all walking by sight is easier than walking by faith. Yeah, walking by sight. Now it's it's easier on the flesh. The Bible says, "Let us labor to enter into the rest." So what getting in faith is you got to push past your flesh first to walk in faith. So sometimes that's why we make excuses. Look at Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1, 4 through 7. God calls Jeremiah as a child. Tells him to be a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah 1, starting verse 4. Then the Lord, word of the Lord came unto me, Jeremiah saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you. What does that word mean? Sanctified. I've been preaching, teaching on it. I separated you for a particular purpose. I set you aside. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations verse 6 then said I oh Lord God sound like Moses saying oh oh my Lord he's saying the same thing ah Lord God oh my Lord uh behold I can't speak does that sound like Moses see they didn't have scripture he can go back and read it then so God starting from scratch with him otherwise he can just read what God told Moses Oh Lord, I can't I can't speak. I'm a child. Verse 7. But but the Lord sent me, say not that I'm a child. Stop making excuses. Say not I don't have education. Say not I don't have a degree. Uh-uh. Say not I'm not from here. That's what I told the Lord when the Lord told me to start a, a church here in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh God, I'm not from here. I don't know people here. People don't know me here. 
I didn't go to high school here. I have no history here. I didn't go to high school with these people. I didn't go to college with these people. People don't know me. And people down south are suspicious of us Yankees. <laughs> Especially people from New York area. God said, stop making excuses. Say not I'm a, I'm a child. But say, but the Lord said unto me, say not I'm a child. You're going to go to all that I send you. And whatever I command you, thou shalt speak. Simon says, go here. Simon says, go here. Simon says, stop here. He's, he, you know what God's saying? Just do what I tell you to do. I'm going to lead you step by step. That's how you're going to do it. Step by step. Come on, somebody put that in the chat. Step by step. God, that's how you're going to accomplish that. That's how you're going to start that business. That's how it's going to grow. That's how that ministry is going to grow. Step by step. You don't need finishing grace till you get get started. And so what happens, y'all, we we got let God see the end. He established the end from the beginning. All you need to see is right now. All you need to see is the next step. God's already sees the end. Okay. All you need to see is the is the next step. Step by step. Um you ever put some uh, I I recently bought y'all I uh I bought a a, it's called nostalgia, a nostalgia popcorn, home popcorn. It, it, it looked like, you know, the old one that you, and it got wheels on and everything, but I bought it for, for my house, okay, for my grandkids. And so I even popped some popcorn with, for the other night, and my grandkids said, it tastes just like movie popcorn. It had the reaction that I wanted. I even got the popcorn cups and everything, and you scoop it out. But it came... And the, the top of it, you can either put it on a shelf or you can put it on the thing with the wheels and roll it and all that. Well, when I looked at that, all I saw was pieces. I had to put that together. I had to assemble it. I had to assemble it. And I looked at these instructions and I'm like, oh, Lord, Jesus. I looked at all these parts. I said, I don't want to do that. So I didn't put it together. Then, yep, I think, uh, what's today? Today's Wednesday. Monday. Day off. I said, let me go down there and put that thing together. When I started putting it together, it didn't make any sense to me. It didn't come together until the last piece. I said, oh, then they had to, they had to flip it over and turn it. I said, oh, here it is. Oh, this, this, oh, now it rolls. I didn't see how it going to come together. All I had to do was follow the instructions step by step. Y'all know what happens because we men especially do it. We don't want to follow the instructions. We want to look at the picture. And we look at the picture. Maybe look at these parts. We look at these pictures. Look at these parts. And then we think we can just take the parts and create the picture. And what happens? You got extra nuts. The wheels don't roll. Okay. The brakes don't stop. Uh, the part, the part don't turn because we didn't do it step by step. Let God build it. God build your life. Let God build your ministry. Let God build your family. Let God build your, your marriage. Do it step by step. God said in Jeremiah 1 and 7, say now, just go where I tell you to go. I'm going to send you. Just do whatever I command you. Step by step. That's how you're going to pursue. Step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. Stop worrying about step 10. You haven't taken step one nor two yet. 
God adds before he multiplies. God has to teach you and get you comfortable that he will add to your life. The Lord will add before. And a lot of the time we want instant multiplication and magnification. He said, in blessing, I'll bless you. That's adding. Then in multiplying, I'll multiply you. Adding is one step in front of the other, step by step. God said, I can't trust to multiply you until you get comfortable that I will add to your life. Go to Judges 6. Judges, Gideon, another man, try to make excuses. Judges 6, starting in verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said unto him, Gideon, the Lord is with thee, you mighty man of valor. Angel says to Gideon, now you didn't say, at the time the angel appeared before Gideon, he's threshing wheat in a secret place, hiding it, because the Midianites were pressing people so much, anything that they grew, any harvest that they had, they would come and steal it. So he has wheat, he's threshing the wheat, but he's doing it in a secret place. And the angel Lord finds him where he's hiding. Whoo, that's so much in that. Can I say, God knows where you're hiding. Come out from hiding. God knows where you're hiding. God, God knows where you're hiding that potential. God knows where you're hiding that ability. God knows where, where, your, where your fearful place is. And he will meet you right there and say, hey, I called you. Hey, I got something for you to do. And he says, the angel, angel said to him, mighty, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And, and I, I can imagine it startled him. He's thinking a Midianite came and tried to take his wheat from him. In verse 13, and Gideon said unto him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why is all this befalling us? If God's with us, why am I so broke? If God, why was I born in this family? If God is with me, why, is him, why am I still driving this car? If God is with me, why is my child so rebellious? If God is with me, why am I working on this dead-end job? One of the biggest things I learned, one of my first, my first definition, not the word definition, not a, not a theological definition of faith, but one of the first definitions that God gave me regarding faith is this. Faith is believing that God's bigger than your circumstances. Come on, put that in the chat. Faith means God's bigger than your circumstances. Faith means that God, faith is believing God is bigger than your circumstances. And so Gideon got to the place there, he looking at his circumstance and says, there must not be a God. He looked at his circumstance and said, God has forsaken us. God is bigger than your apparently forsaken situation. God is bigger than your lack. God is bigger than your sickness. God is bigger than your setback. God is bigger than your divorce. God is bigger than your miscarriage. God is bigger than your bankruptcy. Who am I talking to here today? God is bigger than whatever your sir. God is bigger than your fears. He's bigger than your doubts. He's bigger, he's bigger than the place that you're hiding in right now. God is bigger than your circumstances. So God says to Gideon through the angel, he said, God, Gideon says, if God's with me, why are all this befalling us? Why am I going through this? And where are all his miracles? which our fathers told us about. Did not God bring us up from Egypt? He said, I heard that God brought my foreparents out of Egypt. He's not doing anything like that anymore. I'm here to let you know God is still a miracle worker. He's the same God that brought the children of Israel out of, 
out of bondage. He's the same God that brought Joshua and the children and the children of Israel across the Jordan. He's the same God that brought open up the Red Sea. He's the same God that delivered us out of slavery. He's the same God that brought Gilligan off the island. He's the same God. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? Somebody type the same God. He's the same God. Don't just think God's a God of history. God is the God of the present. He said, stop looking back. God wants to work a miracle for you right now if you're willing to pursue. God wants to show you, oh my God, what great thing he can do for you, for your ministry, for your family, for your body. He's the same God of miracles. God said to him, he said, the Lord now, he said now, but now God delivered us to the hands of Midianites. He used to bless us. He's not blessed anymore. He's saying God's, God's out of the blessing business. God's out of, God is not out of the blessing business. God's not out of the miracle business. He's the same God. Verse 14, and the Lord looked upon him and said, go in this thy might. Now, what? and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of Midianite. Have not I sent thee? And he said to him, oh, my Lord. Again, oh, my Lord. Wherein shall I save Israel? How, how, how am I going to save Israel? Do you know who I am? He said, behold, my family is poor in Manasseh. I, we, my family is one of the poorest families in the ghetto. And I'm the least in my father's house. He said, I am the poorest. I'm the poorest kid in one of the poorest families, in one of the poorest cities, in one of the poorest neighborhoods. He said, surely I am not the one you can use. But can I tell you, you're the exact one God can use. Because by the time God uses you and you and you conquer and you possess what you pursued, everybody's going to know there is a God. God did this. It wasn't by might nor by power. It was by the Spirit of the Lord. Why not God use you? Why not God get glory through you? Why not God raise you up? Why not God make you and use you to be a billboard to the miraculous power of Jesus Christ? He said, oh, Lord, how shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh. I'm the least in my father's house. Make an excuse. And the Lord said to him, pursue. Surely I'll be with you. And you shall save. You shall smite the Midianites as one man. He said, all those Midianites, you're going to beat them like it was just one of them. <laughs> oh, God. Hallelujah. Well, I said, Oh, my God, the Lord blessing my soul right now. He's encouraging me. I'm encouraging myself. $15 million will be just like $1. <laughs> All those steps will seem like just one step. Everything else against you will seem like, like one roach you got to kill. Just step on it. I'm sorry, y'all. That, that's, that's my ghetto analogy there. Some of y'all don't even know what a roach is. Okay? He said, you shall say Smite the meeting as one man. I know you think it's thousands upon thousands, hundreds of thousands of them. You're going you gonna to kill him and wipe him out like it was only one of them because I'm with you. Somehow I want to point out to you here from this verse from when regarding um, Gideon's excuse. The Lord said unto him, verse 14 of Judges says, go in this thy might. Watch this. He didn't even say what Philippians 4.19 said. God's going to strengthen you. He didn't say that. He didn't say God's going to increase your strength. He didn't say God's going to give you help. Look what he says. Go in this thy 
might. I want you to use what you already got. You are stronger. Who am I talking to here today? You are stronger than you think you are. You wouldn't have made it this far. You wasn't strong. Weaker people already died. Weaker people already backslid. Weaker people already lost their mind. The Lord said, go in this thy might. You got more than you think you got. You're stronger than you think you are. You possess more than you think you have. And God using this preacher today to tell you, you already got what you need to pursue. You already got what you need. I don't know if y'all ever heard me tell a story. I got to quit here. But uh, back in Maine, when I was 23 years old, I just started working for Aetna, Aetna Life and Casualty, Casualty Insurity. And so I, the paper, the like like we have here, the state paper in Tulsa, you have the Tulsa World, New York, New York Times. Well, well, I I picked up the biggest paper for a major city was the Boston Boston Globe, even though we had the post, the, the 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 Portland Herald there. But I picked up the Boston Globe. I open up the Boston Globe and I read an article about the Boston Fellows. The Boston Fellows was an organization of black professionals. We were black then. We weren't, we weren't African-Americans yet. Okay. Early 80s, uh, mid 80s, late 80s, late 80s. Pick up, I read this article about the Boston Fellows. The Boston Fellows was about black professionals who met on a monthly basis to support each other because they were a minority as professionals in Boston, which was really, which was very, 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 very predominantly white and particularly in professionals, in professions, particularly engineering is what it, what it was. At that time, Boston was like the high, Boston at that time was a Silicon Valley, okay? Boston in engineering was a Silicon Valley of, of today. All the great jobs, it was a booming area, particularly for engineers. And so I read this and I said, man, I said, they think they need help for professionals, black professionals there in Boston. How much more here in Maine? So I called them. I said, listen, I read this article. Uh, listen, this is good. Don't leave me because it's about pursuit. I read this article. I was wondering if you would consider starting a branch of the Boston Fellows here in Maine. We really, we really need organization, a network organization for black professionals here. And at that time, y'all, it's the height still of affirmative action. And so they would, now I know these schools, they would recruit people from, from Allen and Benedict and South Carolina State, from predominantly black schools, and bring them to Maine, the most northern state on the East Coast, where it's winter for eight months out of the year. Okay, then you get a slight spring. They would bring they would bring them to Maine, and then they, it was so hard for them there. Seriously, y'all, you couldn't find coffee stockings for those who know what I'm talking about. You couldn't find a pick. You couldn't find uh, pink lotion. Some of y'all know what I'm talking. You couldn't find a pick. <laughs> you could find anything that had to do with black people. You could not find it in Maine. You couldn't find collard greens. Can y'all imagine living in a place where there's no greens? You couldn't find Texas Pete hot sauce. I'm serious, y'all. There was nothing in Maine conducive to African-Americans. So I wanted them to start. And so I called and they said, no, we have nothing to say. We're getting this. Uh, we have no interest. And so I felt it's no epiphany. 
I'm giving put a spiritual spin on it probably more than it needs to be. I'll give me say I felt like the Lord told me it wasn't even that. I just felt like, well, I guess I got started myself here. So I started an organization called Main Associates and Black Professionals. Main Associates and Black Professionals. Now, where are these professionals gonna come from? Well, we're gonna start with two, me and another guy I got a job for who working for Aetna. We started, and then uh I would I would I would be, I would see, I would you go a week, a month, and I see another black person. I would see a black person walk up to him. Hey, my name is Herb Ben. I'm starting all these things. Main associates, black professional. Well, what do you do? Well, I'm an engineer. Where are you from? I'm from South Carolina. By the time we finished, I was, because I, 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 I was there from 86 to 92. By the time we finished, I was able to get, I started an organization where 50 to 60 African-American professionals got together in a room every month to network and talk. And we plan professional networking events. We invited speakers. And, I, and I'm, I'm all of 25 years old at the height of this. Now, listen to me. Through that organization, there was one couple who became like the third and fourth members called Bob and Rise. Through Bob and Rise, Bob later gets relocated to Colonial here, now Unum. And Bob becomes the first member, the, the third member of my church, third adult member, he and his wife, Rosalind. He became our treasurer, and he was the only, one of the only people new here. But that started with main associates and black professionals. But, but here's what I, what I really want to say about that. There was a man there. At the final meeting that we had, Art Davis, we had this networking event. We had a celebration event. We, we would do an annual anniversary gala. And Art says to everybody, he says, Look around this room. So all of us are here because of this young man. Now, Art is in his 50s. I really admired him. He's in upper management. And Art gets up and say, what a leader. He said, we are all here today because of this, because of Herb's vision. Can I tell you, those words changed my life. Started his nonprofit corporation. And he said to me, you're a great leader. I remember hearing that because I highly admired him. The fact that he said that to me, that gave me some confidence that I could start this church. Pursuit is the act or action of going after something. If we really desire something, we pursue it. In this teaching, Bishop Herbert Bailey shows us things that can keep us from pursuing God like we should be. To order this message, call 877-798-5433 or order online at www.rightdirection.info. Just ask for proof of desire. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. 
For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations.